When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Waldorf Hysteria! It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White! I'm also a reporter-producer for Decider.com, and we are still in quarantine. Although, you know what? I'm recording like five of these in a row, and they're going to be going out every week, so by the time the fifth one comes out, I might be fully vaxxed and like, seeing the sun. <laughs> so, uh, time travel. That'll be great. Uh, this week, I am joined by returning guests from the early days of the pandemic era. <laughs> Ah! Oh, God. Pat Bear. Hello. Happy to be here. <laughs> and Ramsey S. Hello. Also happy to be here. <laughs> Great. How has the last year of your pandemics been? It has been a last year. It <laughs> did pass. It's, uh, it, it has been a full year. Yeah. Um, I just mentioned this before we hit record. Uh, it's been a year and like a week or two weeks since I recorded an episode with you. Um, so that's, <sighs> yeah, things have happened. Uh, I am a couple days after this recording, I will have my two weeks post second shot. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm going to, I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking of going to a hobby shop to celebrate. Oh, uh, oh I got, love it. I've made my haircut appointment. I've, oh, okay. I've made that barbershop two weeks after my second shot on May 1st. Yeah. I'm going to go to my favorite, uh, I'm going to go to a fine and dandy shop, maybe the, my favorite, uh, accessories store. I've just been ordering my ascots via <laughs> online instead of going, they have a much bigger selection at the store. Yeah. There's a, a hobby shop near me that doesn't do curbside pickup. Oh. So I have not, uh, they don't, they, they barely have a curb. So they were just like, we're, <laughs> we're not equipped to handle that. We can't do this. They, they barely have a website. Um, but they have good Yelp reviews. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll go in a store. Uh, it's that weird thing where I was like, oh, I could, well, I live here with my folks and the only people I could see are in our bubble anyway. So, <laughs> so I guess I'll wait for a friend of mine who sometimes visits his family near here. Um, uh, Charlie Todd. So I guess I'm going to wait for the Todds to like get kind of close in the summer. They might come back. Yeah, and then I could like hug Charlie. Well, then y'all 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 all be super vaxxed by then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the I, third stage. Yeah, it's the super vax. It's uh, Nicki Minaj's new single. 
<laughs> super vax. That's right. Oh god. Um yeah, so I mean, have y'all picked up any interesting viewing habits over the past couple months of the pandemic? Any binges or comfort watches? So, I am like many people in this world in that travel videos are now a comfort when oh, they really? were before. Wow. Um so YouTubers who travel, um, now I'm not one of those people that goes, hey, when are you going to upload your next video? Because I understand how the world is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, listeners, for not doing that for the past four months. Although it would have been nice to know you cared. Yeah. But like, I get, so I get it, but it's like going to the back catalog of like, oh, cool. I do want to know about the abandoned subways in France. Oh, I would yeah. love to learn about that. Please. I would love to know about this one town that's like surrounded by one country, but it's technically another country. But everybody there hates that idea. Please (laughs) talk about that for 10 minutes. That sounds amazing. I've uh, I've been disappearing from this life in a similar way in that I've been watching a lot of uh, old silent films, uh, a lot of Chaplin and uh, that sort of thing. Just like this is very different and nothing like what i'm seeing in my life this is wonderful that's a hundred years ago (laughs) wait are those on youtube or Uh, a lot of them are on youtube um uh uh, for the uh hundred or month of oscar tmc has been showing a few too as well yeah and if anyone follows me on uh twitter then you know that i have been spending a lot of time in new zealand and australia while watching the entire filmography of a certain mr sam neill (laughs) (laughs) so i have seen a lot because if you live in new zealand and want him in a movie he will do it because he cares so much about new zealand like local cinema and it's really sweet um but i highly suggest on the travel tip uh sam neill's uh the pacific in the wake of captain cook it's like a i think it's, it's a six episode uh travel series hosted by Ooh. Sam Neill where he retraces the voyages of Captain Cook and talks almost ex- ex- uh talks almost specifically uh exclusively only to the indigenous people that are the descendants oh, wow. of the people that Cook fucked over and like you know killed and so he's he's both wow. like taking you through Captain Cook's journey and telling you about like well this is what they did this is what the diary says blah 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 now here is the descendant of this tribe and here's the leader of this tribe and here's the historians from this tribe to tell you about like the local customs and like how they're reclaiming and it, it's so good it is so good because Sam Neill is also just a great host and he's just like naturally goofy um, but also very uh, endearing and sincere and it is uh, absolutely amazing and it, you can stream it for free on Google Journey, J-O-U-R-N-Y. No E, just Journey. <laughs> it's it's uh, Sold. it's a subsidiary okay. of Ovation, the Ovation channel. So okay. anyway, this week we are going to be traveling in time to <laughs> November 22nd, 1979. 10 ruled the box office. No More Tears, Enough is Enough by Barbara Streisand and Donna Summer topped the charts and ABC aired the Barney Miller episode, The Desk. Pat and Ramsey, you must have seen The Desk before today. <laughs> um, this is my first episode of Barney Miller, which is why I was interested in watching it, because I know loosely of it. I'm actually surprised. It seems to, like, 
Nick at Night maybe wouldn't make sense, I guess. But like, why was this never on A and E? Like, hmm. uh, yeah. Why wasn't this a, before Night Court in reruns? Yeah, Night Court is what came to mind for me as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, like I get it. It's it looks like a television show filmed in the seventies. Um, it, but it, I am so surprised that I have like no like the only thing I knew that I a hundred percent knew that I knew about this show is inaccurate to this episode, <laughs> which oh. is the. Which is yeah. the fact that Abe Vigoda was in it. Yeah. But research tells me Abe Vigoda left to go make Fish, his spinoff show, and that had already been canceled by the time we got to season six <laughs> oh. for this episode. So Abe Vigoda is not in it. And that's the only thing I knew about Barney <laughs> Miller. Uh, I, uh, I knew so little that I wasn't sure who Barney Miller was when there were multiple <laughs> characters on screen at first. <laughs> yeah, so we are blind leading the blind leading the kind of conceit. Like, I have watched um, two or three episodes. I think I've watched a Halloween episode. And then I, there, there are multiple gay episodes because Barney Miller is one of the first or maybe the first... No, it's not the first, but it is one of the first to have recurring gay characters on it. There's um hmm. a couple who are in a couple of episodes. Uh not good. Um <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I wrote an article about it for Decider about one of them because the Wojo character, the like dumb dumb with the bad haircut and the big ears, he's like ridiculously homophobic and that is treated as just like a character quirk and he doesn't learn a lesson and nothing is good good comes from it. And even like Barney Miller's um like sitting on the desk and like giving him a heart to heart comes away with like the wrong message and it's it's interesting it's a relic of its time but progressive for its time and oh but oh yeah and this this show also had a diverse cast in that there was like an asian american actor on it and not in this episode not in this episode he might i think the, the actor died yeah oh, i yeah. did read that i think around season four yeah oh, okay <laughs> he was great um and uh, and then Ron Glass, <laughs> book from Firefly. <laughs> yeah, blew my mind. I had no idea. <laughs> Ron, Ron Glass playing a union uh, enthusiastic, a pro-union uh, Republican cop. That's his character game? Yeah, well, the character game is that he's conservative. Oh. Um, hmm. yeah, that he's very conservative. Uh, and, you know, he's a conservative intellectual. But then... Somebody in the on in the show needed to be pro union later, and it turned out to be him. Um, but that's I chalk that up to writers like being a lot of writers over the years. Like a show that runs this many seasons, uh, you're oh, just yeah. going to be like, you know, they're like, oh, he'll do it. Cool. That I need a character, one of these characters to care about unions. I mean, this and show it, ran yeah. for a long time. Like eight years, it I think. It must have been cheap to make. Well, uh, yeah, they didn't go set. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is not uh, uh, that's not meant to be disrespectful because, oh boy, I already was missing live theater, and mm -hmm. this show made me miss it even more because they're just on a permanent set, and there's no folks. There's no cutaways. If you haven't seen an episode <laughs> of Barney Miller, um, there the cutaways are to other parts of this one office set. Yeah. It's just a bullpen. Um, desks, you know, background, whatever, a door to come in and out, and then another door that leads to Barney Miller's office where they can shoot on a different angle. 
And then sometimes it's just close-ups and then right. cutaways to other parts or time changes in this episode. And it's it's just got a, an audience that just watches the whole thing. Yeah. It's a bottle. It, it, like almost every single episode of Barney Miller is a bottle episode. Uh, I, I Am I confusing this with, with Welcome Back, Cotter, in that there are some scenes like at home with one of their wives... Um, I've read that somewhere, but I can't. I know that's I know that's the case with Cotter. But so <laughs> my research told me that there were some exterior shots that were filmed. There were some outdoor things. If there was an episode that was important, they'd be somewhere. They would be there. Hmm. Um, but most of the time, like, th- I mean, the first season has Barney Miller's wife in the credits oh, in the beginning, yeah. and she's just like shows up a couple times and on the phone. She's referenced a lot. But I think maybe the idea was that they would follow him home sometimes, but they don't. They just hang out at work. Yeah, it is. It's a. Yeah. So let's I mean, let's get into it, because I think we'll we'll touch upon all these uh, larger thematic stuff as we deal with the content of the episode. So um, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Barney Miller episode, The Desk. It is the eighth episode of season six, and it was written by Frank Dungan and Jeff Stein and directed by Noam Pitlick. Here's how Crackle describes the episode, which is a sentence I have never said on this podcast before. <laughs> While Detective Harris tries to deal with a mugged Amish man, Wojo has his hands full with a lobotomized bank robber and his doctor and lawyer. Pat and Ramsey, how accurate is that description? I think that's pretty accurate. I will say when I was reading that description on Crackle, that's the first time I've ever seen the word Amishman. Yeah. That's one word. <laughs> is it Amishman? Um, <laughs> also, not really. I mean, so... All of the that is true, but I wouldn't characterize the um, that that the B plot is barely a B plot. Mm. Which uh, one of the, the Amishman is the B plot? The Amishman yeah, is yeah. the B plot, clearly. <laughs> Scorsese's um, Amishman. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but it's barely a B plot. It's mostly um, for cutaways and then to have some sort of strong statement at the end. Yeah. That then gets undercut with a laugh so that everyone right. can go home. Um, <laughs> and not spoilers. think about this too hard. <laughs> yeah, let's not think of let's after let's think making about- fun of people who won't know we're making fun of them. <laughs> my least favorite, not my least, my second least favorite. Because um, it's I don't know if it's punching down, but it's definitely like, ha ha ha. How are they going to find out we're making fun of Amish people? Oh, uh, okay. Because I, I thought you were talking about the lobotomized person. <laughs> like, no, what, no, no, no. Which, which, uh, part, which, which way are we going? Uh, <laughs> also, also not treated well. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I guess I could say like, okay. First of all, I want to address this uh, before we get into anything about Barney Miller specifically. Crackle, get your shit together. What are we doing with only having one season of a show on at a time and every single month you cycle through things? Uh, what in the world is that? The reason we're doing yep. season six is because that's the earliest season we can do. You are Sony and also Chicken Soup for the Soul, but you can <laughs> put your entire huge library, all of the family is on Crackle, but only a season or two. Bewitched and I Dream of Genie, but only a season or two. Uh, 227, but only a season or two. And it's like just... They, it's almost like Crackle is like, we, no, we don't want to be successful. We don't even want to. It's, I want to, I want to tag in here because, uh, I'll watch ads. I'll watch ads on your free service if that means I don't have to pay you money, but, um, break them up. 
Don't give me three minutes with the same uh, oh, God, pharmaceutical that, ad that twice Trulicity in a row. That Trulicity ad. That's the one. It was um, like four minutes of that, and I was like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> just due to timing, I, I watched this in two chunks. So I had to um, watch, uh, I think I saw the uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul joke book ad like <laughs> oh three God. times over two se- sessions. Oh God. And um, they don't give you, they don't say any jokes in that ad they just let you know it exists <laughs> you gotta pay ad, for the punchline yeah but they don't <laughs> so i guess it's the thing where it's like because i guess i'm wrong and they are doing the right thing which is going hey if you like chicken soup for the soul books you dig here's a joke book you know you're you this ad is just telling you what you're already about to buy yeah this exists get them yeah. all gotta catch them all chicken soup <laughs> Uh, yeah. Brett, I know you really want to get to the episode description, but why is this called The Desk? Oh, absolutely no fucking clue. It was at yeah. towards the end of the episode, and I was like, oh my god, wait, what is him? Like, when he sat on a desk at the end of it, I was like, oh, wait, oh, wait what the fuck is... I was concerned at the end that I watched the wrong episode yeah. because I remember the title. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that this is season six, which means two things. One, it's apparently time to do a char- uh, uh, a sh- an episode about a lobotomized character, <laughs> um, and two, they are they are just done with being clever about titles of episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, like like you said, Brett, it's called the desk because one of the writers <laughs> fought for the idea that he would move books, like there would be a scene where he moved the books to lean on the to sit on the desk, and that was an argument. So, someone else, out of spite named the episode the desk which is all conjecture on my part but i but i feel like is true but i mean that's the kind of shit like news radio naming using the entire led zeppelin discography as episode titles um i mean i covered presence on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's when you give it up on that and you're tired of fighting about it because it it doesn't matter Ugh. So, Crackle, get your shit together. I love yeah. your options. I and Crackle, I pay for a lot of streaming services, mm-hmm. even though I shouldn't uh, have to, but I do. Um, I will. I would pay five bucks a month to have access to all of these shows every episode without commercials. I would pay five bucks a month. I've wanted to watch all of All in the Family and Barney Miller uh, and Two Two Seven. For years, and I can't because strong choices. A lot of them you can't even buy. You can't even buy half of All in the Family on iTunes. So anyway, wow. the episode opens with Ron Glass, whose name is also Ron, so that is helpful. Oh, um, his the the Arthur Dietrich is the name of the other detective, and he's over there rubbing his fingernails together. I was impressed with how that sound. Uh, I don't know if they ASMR drop that in later, but. That was pretty loud, those fingernails. Yeah. And I did say, like, that it does sound creepy to me. Like, I didn't, I don't know if I'm like anti ASMR. It doesn't work on me. I was like, I don't like this. Um, They have a, like, they have the rapport of the two intellectual characters that feel like they are, they should, they, they both want to be the Frasier in the show. <laughs> uh, it, in Cheers, the Cheers Frasier, I yeah. should say, clarify. Yeah. Um, the lowbrows around them and all that, like they work with uh, Wojo, like yeah. But both of them are the intellectual, which I really like. It's it is sort of akin to like Spin City, where there were like mm. two characters that were both 
the smart one. Yeah. And then they clashed constantly and one had to be the weirder one. Because like uh, in this episode, I mean, our detective Dietrich, or if, I'm sure he's a detective, is basically like Google. Like he knows all this stuff. Right. Like it's like, oh, before you had the internet, you had one of these guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then uh, Wojo comes in with Gilbert Lesko. Uh, who has, he's arrested him for, uh, knocking over a liquor store, trying to like steal from a liquor store. So th- this is going to become a running theme. Gilbert Lesko, played by Don Kalfa, who starred in seven episodes of Barney Miller as seven different characters. Uh, the golden <laughs> age yeah. of character actors. Someone described, um, uh, this show as, uh, let's give character actors their own show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's like, it's called Barney Miller, but he doesn't Barney, do much. Barney Miller is barely the straight man in the, in yeah. the show. He's like the ringmaster kind of. Everyone's funny. Yeah. They're I wrote, all- I wrote in my notes that this is a, just a really good guest star show because like the, oh my God, the four guest stars in this episode have like the most to do. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just imagine getting to be, uh, you know, we're, we're we're all in in the world of, of comedy and acting and all of that. Like, imagine getting to be Arnold, the character Arnold. Yeah. I would kill yeah. to be a scummy lawyer who, in this episode, gets to be the moral center. Right? Yeah. Where he's like, <laughs> "What did you do to my friend? <laughs> he was a brilliant criminal, and you broke him." Yeah. Like he's mad he's like looking over a liquor store that's slumming for this genius <laughs> uh bank thief what have you done to my f-? like he's like it's you know good. i'll work pro bono it's yeah, incredible he, that this guy's like teeth. he's a he's like you know a district attorney you know like you know, for hire he seems uh, like an attorney. ambulance chaser <laughs> he's an ambulance yeah. chaser yeah he you know he rep- they know him because he's the guy that like is listening to the police scanner and showing up to try to make a quick buck. But he gets to have range in this episode. And also, like I said, other than the doctor, who we'll probably get to, everyone is funny. The doctor's not funny. Everybody else is great. Yeah. Yeah. The Amish character gets laughs. Yeah. yeah. So, like, as as we said, like, um, so Gilbert Lesko, there's so many names to remember also. He tried to use a toy gun, a toy ray gun, to uh, hold up the store. Um, and yeah, and so that is like the first side that like, oh, he is Looney Tunes in a way. That's also, sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to say it that way. <laughs> that was uh, disparaging towards, but the thing I, yeah. so this was a joke, right? So they say like, can you call an, uh, do you have an attorney to call? And he says like Perry Mason. And then they say, oh, I think he's retired because I mean, his show ended, but then he said, but then Gilbert Lesko said, oh, yeah, he retired after the accident. Is that a reference to Ironside? Oh. Because that was Raymond Burr's second long-running, like, procedural where he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, okay, that's right. a, that is a, that is, like, one of those, like, accidental smart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> the well, character's also not like, going to be smart. Yeah. You have to yeah. know 70s television to, like, get, like, oh, I think that was an Ironside joke. Yeah. <laughs> I've never well, seen good. an episode. <laughs> Uh, I do want to say, because we did skip my favorite joke in the whole episode, oh, which yeah. comes very early in. 
uh, which is to set you up that this character is off. Uh, we don't know the extent of it, but we know he's off because uh, one cop says the other um, drugs. And then uh, he says, no, thanks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm, OK, I'm going to like this show. Because <laughs> like I, I was like, is this the vibe? Is this like everyone's quick, even the character that isn't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll take that. Because, yeah, there's reoccurring jokes throughout. Um, they yeah. managed to do callbacks. Yeah. In one episode. I don't know. Uh, well, there's a callback. There's even a callback in the cold open because like the cold open ends with Ron Glass doing the fingernails thing because he's trying yeah. to like invigorate his whatevers. And <laughs> when he like turns to Dietrich to be like, oh, no, tell tell Barney, you know what you said. And he's just like, no, <laughs> like yeah, it looks stupid. <laughs> what are you talking about? He, but yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't come to his re- rescue, and it's really funny. Then we get the theme song, which uh, is like very similar to Night Court in that, like in the first two seconds, you know what city and what year it is. <laughs> yep, like this is rough New York. I mean, this is like Son of Sam New York. <laughs> yeah. That's very this, uh, this could have just been a shot of like a subway car going through a subway tunnel uh, and graffiti and I would have been like it would have done it, it's like the audio equivalent of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love it. I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. This is this is definitely a 70s show that like doesn't take itself seriously. I'm very excited about it. I was just like this is great. And then it's also where I was like, wait, there. where's Abe Vigoda's name? Oh, yeah. Pause. Nope. Oh, no, I've only seen Abe Vigoda and Conan on TV. Oh, no, I go. thought this was going to be my chance. No. Nope. I guess I have to try to find <laughs> Fish or something. I wrote down, this is the coolest theme song and the most boring visuals to go with them. Yeah, I wrote that, like, it is like a slapping bass, a riffing yeah. guitar, and it is just the cops in the office, and they are doing paperwork, and they are looking I, around, and I don't, and it's you, so low energy. It's like a 20 yeah. second shot of yeah, one just, character, and then their name eventually pops <laughs> out. They should have gone all out and, like, filmed action scenes. Yeah, like, just, really, just for these. And yeah, then the show like, is boring. Yeah, just, like, all of the, like, uh, uh, yeah, all, all of the oh, you know, 70 shows of, like, jump, like, rolling over a car, yeah. clearly a stunt double, just you know, sabotage music Yes. Or, you know, I always like talking about my, my beloved heart to heart, but by the time it gets to season five and they're like the last season, they're like, just take every single insane thing we've ever done on the show, <laughs> put them on the opening credits, season one, two, three, four, five, whatever. And it is beautiful. Um, <laughs> uh, so then the, the episode proper starts. Gilbert is on the phone. He's calling his, uh, he's calling his lawyer and then he like hangs up and then Barney Miller says, like, uh, the jokes are really hard to relay because I can't, there's, they're like complicated in a way. Basically, the response that the, that the Gilbert gives is like, oh, maybe I should have ordered sandwiches. Cause it's like, uh, did, you, did of, you call your lawyer? No, I maybe I should have ordered sandwiches. <laughs> there are a lot of non sequitur jokes out of him. They get a lot of like, there's witty banter between various characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this weird thing. Like, like I said, there's a B plot in this. That's barely a B plot because I can tell you what it is. It's an Amish gentleman was mugged. Nobody else that he knows is in the city. <laughs> he can't use electricity. He needs to get to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have money for a train. Yeah. That's the B plot. Um, 
And ipso facto also uh, jokes at his expense at the Amish expense. There's a Shalom joke. There's oh, yeah. uh, there's a, a you know running gags of just being like Thanksgiving. Walk- yeah, Thanksgiving. Uh, well, him having to go for a walk and like it's gonna take a while like, to get there. When he walks in, so like at this point is when um, the Amish guy is brought in. Uh, Caleb Weber is his name, although. Half of them sound like they're saying Weaver. I or Web Weber Weber like. See, I thought it was Weber because it, then, yeah. If it's not Weber, it is then Weber. The joke at the end of the episode doesn't work, <laughs> which also it doesn't. But uh, uh, we'll jump ahead to that. Um, you know, doesn't want to be beholden to anyone. Doesn't want to owe anyone anything. Uh, outsiders, and the response from. Barry, uh, Barney Miller is not even a Miller and that gets a laugh which is not funny it's not a joke it's only a joke if he's a Weber and a Miller it maybe is a joke <laughs> because like he's a someone who mills and maybe that's okay yeah well yeah but he I was says like, like we have a lot of Millers down in Amish country yeah. yeah yeah so like so I was gonna so okay he is played by Jeff Corey, who, like, has film credits dating all the way back to, like, Universal Monster movies in the 30s and wow. 40s. Um, he is in two episodes as two okay. different characters. So Good he's job, been around the block before. So, but when he comes in, he talks about, like, these scallywags made off with my purse. Like, like I'm there's like, a, is he a pirate? Like, what? Yeah, the, there's a blending <laughs> of, he says ain't at one point, which yeah. I think is, that's, I don't think that's Amish. I think that's just Southern. He calls uh, Barney Miller's hands yeah. womanly and says that they uh, yes. are like doughy, which is how he knows that he's like not Amish or something. <laughs> there, there's a lot of like assumptions about what there, there's no research in this is what yes. I'm saying. Well, and it's the hard. Actor, there's no Google. They don't have a Dietrich on staff. <laughs> they created him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's there's clearly like no like um, where. Yeah. The, none of this show feels that it is researched in any way shape or form it is just somebody is like this will be funny we'll or or quirky i guess we'll do this well i mean remember like before the internet and stuff like i remember like when i was a kid there were those like stock things like the uh, like an amish person would show up and ever like cartoons and sitcoms and it was always the exact same kind of Amish person because there were just these stock characters and tropes and stuff that, I mean, I, I just talked about Alf, uh, an Elvis impersonator episode uh-huh. and about how Alf thinks that Elf is, uh, Elvis is actually alive and it is uh, confounding, but it's like, that was a huge thing in the eighties and early nineties was just like Elvis sightings, UFOs, Bigfoot and Elvis. And like, if you think about it today, no one thinks about Elvis sightings anymore. It's kind of how memes worked back then, where yeah. just, that joke worked there. Let's take that. Yeah. Uh, I should say, uh, this Amish character is also, it, it seems interchangeable with, like, the Pennsylvania Dutch. Mm. Sure. Like, it just seems to be, like, outsider. Like, he doesn't call anybody English, mm-hmm. um, which I only think he doesn't do that because nobody, nobody who was a writer knew that that was a thing. <laughs> Otherwise, he would call everyone English. Um, uh, and yeah, it just seems so like it's the, it's the part of the thing. Cause it's like, there's nothing touching about it. There's it, it works in the sense that it goes along with the overlaying theme of Barney Miller, which is 
which is its own form of propaganda that we like literally Brett, I'm sorry, I can't do an episode. Uh, I can't be on this an episode about cops and yeah. not talk about cops and propaganda. <laughs> yeah, this is his own kind of propaganda, which is the humanization instead of the um, canonization, canonization of, of police, um, because they are just blue collar folks trying to trying to get things done. Trying to they understand the system's broken. That there's. The, resolu- the resolution of this thing is one guy is 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 not going to get tried for a crime he committed because of experiences that have happened to him. So they show mercy. And the other thing is they like let a, they help a guy out yeah. if, after he had spent his whole day there wasting his time. And then they got more paperwork to do. Um, so much paperwork. Yeah. But it, but it is a thing of like this is just about like a day. Where like some stuff happened, and like there were some laughs and some jokes, and then everybody went home. And when you think about what the NYPD was actually doing in 1979, New York City, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it That's was the like, there was never a dull moment. I don't think. The, well, yeah. I mean, it, so it is a thing. Like it is not, uh, it's not trying to make these guys out like heroes, but it is trying to make them out like that they're just doing their best. Um, uh, because it is a thing of like. You would expect there to be someone on the force who's just like, well, he broke the rules. Who cares what happened to him? It's e- it'll be even better. Yeah, because like Wojo at one point is just like when they're talk- oh, trying boy. to figure out what to do with this guy who's like mentally like not all there anymore. He's like, maybe he will be better if he was shot in a field. And it's like, what the hell? Um, I, I, I don't think that was played for laughs, but no. I was shocked by that moment. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 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 it, yeah. it, it, it is followed up with him um, with later him apologizing. Yes. For uh, wishing kinda, he was dead. Yes. yes. For, for, for saying I'm sorry it. that I wish you were dead. More for saying it than thinking it. Like, hey, I'm sorry <sighs> I said that. You don't hear. Because it is, it is a moment where, like, the big <sighs> touching moment is Barney Miller saying, hey, we've been talking over this guy. What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because this is a, you know, formerly brilliant bank robber uh, who has been lobotomized. Uh, they, don't, they amig- call it a variation amigdalata- of that. Amygdalotomy, which is yeah. a sophisticated lobotomy or something. So is what I wrote. his doctor yeah. comes yeah. by, his lawyer it's, comes by. <laughs> it's let's there are talk. characters. Yeah, yeah. I did want to. I did want to say that my, probably my favorite joke in the episode, the Amish, the Amishman, <laughs> does get because when Ron Glass is interrogating, well, he's not interrogating him, but he's just like he. This is the thing where, like, wait, Ron is supposed to be a smart character because he doesn't know what Amish is, and he keeps asking yeah. him for like phone number, social security number, driver's license number, and he keeps saying like, "No, I can't. It's it's not the Bible. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that." And then he's Ron is like, "Well, then, what can you do?" And then he's like, "Well, I got fourteen kids. That's in the Bible." And I thought that was good. <laughs> it's a good joke. <laughs> like, you know? he, yeah, he got a good joke. It was a high status joke like mm-hmm. he got one over on the the cop like yeah. <laughs> the the Amish man isn't getting treated with less respect otherwise but um and then this is when they find out that Lesko has a really impressive rap sheet but he's currently staying in a halfway house and that is when they uh, talk about the lobotomy um yeah. I did like that Dietrich he basically like 
WebMDs them, telling them, like, <laughs> here's, like, the summary of the procedure, blah, 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 blah. Beat. Anybody catch Lucy last night? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good, like, um, realization that things are heavy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it is. It felt honest. It, it's that undercut. Hey, it's that, like, thing that we all do mm-hmm. all the time in sure. our lives, which is um, because we are we were uh, the three of us were trained uh, to be uh, honest and earnest in our comedy. Uh, so in our daily lives, we overshare and then we throw in a joke to try to yeah. cover for the Before fact that we, yeah. that we answer. We actually answer the question. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing? We actually give the honest response that the person did not want. People don't want that. <laughs> so then we have to be like, like double my uh, well butrin prescription. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, I'm doing better than you know whatever. Like oh, you know, like well, I guess I'm canceled uh, yeah. or whatever. Uh, <sighs> then yeah, this is like, and here's a joke because we're still a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> was was Lucy on ABC? Was that a little bit of uh, product Lucy placement? was CBS. Okay. I love Lucy. Was definitely CBS. I'm assuming her follow up sitcoms were too. That um, makes sense. This is when Arnold Rippner comes in, who is played by Alex Hinteloff. So he also has been in seven episodes of Barney Miller, but six of them as Arnold. Now, Mm. he did debut as Arnold, play a different character, and then come back for six more episodes as Arnold. (laughs) And so he and I think that like you can actually feel that like they know him when he walks in. They know he's the slimy lawyer. Um, (laughs) I did like. I was weirdly shocked by how much he, as a lawyer, loved crime. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He was just so impressed. Like, how dare you make my... My friend Moriarty over here. (laughs) Jeez. It's (laughs) unbelievable how, like I said, this is the, if it was going to be any character in the show, it would be that. Like, this is my dream. Because he gets to be, like... Un- unapologetic scumbag. Yeah. He and got- <laughs> also the, the moral conscience of the episode. It's like a he's, competent Lionel Hutz. Yeah. He's like, he's just, he's like, just like Dan Fielding yeah. without the sex addiction. Hmm. Yeah. Where you're just like, no, I fully support this guy. This he's is great. He's a great, Jesus. I keep banging things. Uh, he's a great actor. He's really yeah. good. He yeah. was a regular on the Betty White show, which only lasted a season, unfortunately. But he also does say, and this does speak, he does mention, like, you know, because he kind of assumes that Wojo roughed him up, and that is why he mm. is kind of spacey. Uh, yeah. Because, honestly, why would you jump to lobotomy? Like, right. I don't think that would yeah. be in my top ten reasons why. But he says, like, every time I come in here, last time I came in and my client was dead, and it's like, okay, that yeah. is very real. Uh, yeah. in today's terms, like that is, and I, yeah, uh, is really uh, it felt uncomfortable. Like that was, it, it felt like that was a, a cool reference to an episode that we didn't watch, but exists. Yeah. Um, and that's, I love that. I love that it isn't just a revolving door of different, I mean, I'm sure there are other, you know, lawyers because then you get to play the like, well, I haven't been in this room. I didn't know how you guys operated. You can do that. But having this character as like a touchstone, like reoccurring character yeah. lets you like have history um, because all of because like neither of the people that are there 
the, the non-cops they're there they don't have any history the doctor who's coming in doesn't have any history yeah there's a it's a lot of new characters that get a lot of big moments that we yeah. will not see again in these roles it was no, yeah. surprising in that, like, I guess maybe more so because this was my first introduction to everyone in the room. Yeah. But it, it did feel like uh, it was it was the side characters that were carrying the show. It felt like, honestly, all of the side characters could also be regulars. Yeah. Like, you yeah, could, it, if, if you, you took out me, the opening yeah. credits and just was like, watch this episode, name five regular characters. What's Caleb going to get up to today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you told me the Amish guy is there every day, like the... Uh, shop the blind shop owner in Becker that is yeah. just in every episode. <laughs> like, I would be like, sure, yeah, of course. It's it, it's a you know precinct, and this is the regular that's always there, <laughs> always regular. getting mugged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so that is when we get the end of Act uh, One. When we come back, is when the lawyer is now fully like he's angry he he's you know he believes that he was lobotomized that his client was lobotomized he's like fuming about it and i did think it was funny that lesko was just yawning in front of him like it's a funny visual but also the reason why he's yawning is not funny so like i don't know i think this is where there was a really dark joke that was like both witty and gross uh where the lawyer was talking to the doctor and said oh the ice pick cometh Oh, yeah. He yeah. says the ice pick cometh. Yeah. There are yeah. a lot of like biting. Like it's that thing where if I'll say this, they give everyone humanity mm-hmm. with the exception of the doctor, because they never give the doctor a moment where he reconsiders what he did. No, he's he um, like. So, yeah, he enters at this point and his name is Dr. Milton Prentice. He is played by Fred Sadoff. He has been in six episodes of Barney Miller as five different characters. (laughs) Um, So he's there and he comes in, he's greeted with the ice pick come. um, And he, when he's talking about it, the actor plays it where it's like trying to put you to sympathy because he's like, listen, he was schizophrenic. He was really prone towards violence. Like this was a last resort. We did like, he is really selling you, but then like, he does these things with his face like he makes looks and it's like no you're a you are creepy as hell yeah <laughs> yeah they they don't they 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 make attempts they're minor attempts and they are attempts that are meant to fail yeah that's what i feel like it's not that we know better it's that oh no 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 the, even if this guy was a criminal and he was he was clearly a criminal and maybe he was violent maybe he was schizophrenic we we only can take the doctor's word for that uh, we have, we just know that as the audience, that nobody but him believes him to be like the, the doctor believes that the doctor did the right thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he tries to have his like, you don't understand what, what this is. I'll, I'll check. Like even, you know, he, he does get a joke line in of like, uh, I'll, I'll check in later or whatever. And he was like, I meant visit with him. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's like, no, I'm not going to open his head up again. Oh, uh, I didn't get that until right now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No. So he does get like one joke, which is like the assumption that like he was saying he's going to do something else to him. He's like, no, I right. meant visit him. Uh, it is. It's, it's, it is uh, yeah. interesting. Um, so then we get a scene uh, back to the Amish plot where like Ron Glass can't figure out 
how to get this guy home. Do they ever say how he got to New York City from Pennsylvania? Uh, no, but quick segue here. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I did a little research. Uh, the 12th precinct is on East 6th Street and Weaverstown, Pennsylvania, where he says he is from, is 135 miles, <laughs> uh, which would be about 12 hours by bike, which I was saying what a buggy might be, but he was going to walk it and that was, yeah. that would be a 38 hour walk. I'm fairly <laughs> sure because the, the whole thing about needing $20 or borrowing $20 or needing money was he must have taken a train there. Which um, goes against his... Yeah. So I think modes of transportation, like, obviously the Amish and the Pennsylvania Dutch are different people. But, you know, because the Dutch have... They they have machinery. They have they they own trucks. They make good uh, food at that uh, market. Yes, they make excellent food in that market. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the Amish are different. But I believe that they they ha- they use travel to get into places, and they they will they will ride in some machinery. Um, and so I believe that is how that is the because. Also, the thing of like him needing twenty dollars is because he needs money to get home. Maybe yeah. he takes the bus. Yeah, but, like, yeah. He made such a stink of it. It is a really weird. I was like, how did he get up there? Um, yeah. So like, Ron He's... Glass goes into Barney Miller's office to ask for advice, and this scene amounts to. <laughs> I want to sit on your couch. <laughs> yeah, like I wish I had an office. Basically, that's it. Um, I did want to yeah. talk about. I guess at this point. Uh, what I was feverishly googling before we started the podcast. Uh, I so Hal Linden is hot, right? Like this is where I should I should have saved this for like my uh, Gay Pride Month. But um, <laughs> I was just like he. I kept in my head. I kept being like I I can picture him in a speedo, <laughs> and I, that just kept happening in my head. I was like, why is that? And then I googled, and he was on Battle of the Network Stars, <laughs> which. Ah. I have y'all ever watched Battle of the Network Stars from the late seventies, early eighties? Um, so I I did research at one point because I was helping someone work on a show that was like that. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that was, well, it was a it was a like a modern take on that. Like, um, so I did a lot of research on seventies like competition shows. Because uh, the the idea, yeah, of doing like a throwback. So I have seen some of that, and it's so. I mean, it's television. Yeah, it's so wild. <laughs> I mean, like I, I mean, like of course it is my comfort go to because it's where else are you going to get to see William Shatner and Robin Williams in speedos? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Burt Reynolds. I have photos of Burt Reynolds in his speedo on that show on my on a speedo of Burt Reynolds. <laughs> So it's like an Ouroboros or whatever. Um, I love it. But like, yeah, I was Googling like, am I right? Yes. And there's just like, so, you know, if if you're also uh, curious about how hot Hal Linden is, go, you know, just Google that appearance. But I mean, like, and, he's uh, like. Don't get him confused with Hal Holbrook as I did. Oh, well, <laughs> I would also like to see Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook is also hot to me. What is wrong? What's wrong? I'm going off the rails. I mean, I get it. Hal Holbrook this is show, hot. This show is. It's. One of the least sexy shows I've ever seen. It's very sweaty and yeah, it is yeah. It's it's under it's under stage lights. Like they're mm-hmm. just and everything is dingy. Obviously, videotape. Sh- no one yeah. looks yep. good on videotape. Yep. No, nobody looks good. Um, characters look well put together. They look clean. 
um, in their appearance, their uniforms, yeah. you know, I mean, sorry, their, their suits, mm-hmm. they, they all look like they spent some money on t- presenting themselves. Uh, Wojo has one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen. It is a crime. Yes. Uh, to denote that he is the dumb character. It's, um, yeah. Oh, I should say, while we're well, uh, speaking of Wojo, I do want to give that character props because a, it, it should not be a reoccurring joke in the episode because I don't think, I think it diminishes, but, him being surprised that the screw up that is happening is not his fault <laughs> and needing to make sure that his boss, Barney Miller, understands. I, I'm like, later he apologizes out of habit and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that he's just like, this had nothing to do with me, right? <laughs> I, weird. Yeah. I'm in the clear. He had a handcuff tie tack. I'll just throw that out there too. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I did like. How Lyndon in that like button down shirt with the sleeves rolled up, a, a gun in his back, uh, his waistband. I don't. It was a. Uh, it was. Uh, he. he uh, it was a very sturdy, yeah. sturdy, <laughs> handsome man. Um, yeah. Uh, but like you know, going down, there right? are there are no women in this shop. Yeah, nope. it's like this is uh, sausage party. <laughs> like there yeah, is there, absolutely no, no women. women. No, not, uh, not even talk. Nary a whisper of a woman existing. Yeah, we know one character has a wife. I know that because of research. Uh, if all of these <laughs> gentlemen were single or attached to uh, to male partners or non-binary partners, I would not. I I would believe that just as much as that they're Doesn't all celibate. Yeah. yeah. So this is the point where Barney Miller goes and sits on that desk. Because he's like... The titular hey, desk? Yeah, the, the yeah. titular desk. <laughs> and he's like, let's go. Doctor, shut up. Lawyer, shut up. Let's go. What do you want to do? And, like, they find out, like, the, the liquor store isn't going to press charges. So, like, he can go. Like, he's not going to be in trouble. And what his reply is just like, you know, uh, mostly oh. I'm just here. Which is like, bitch, same. <laughs> like, yeah, he's yeah. like, when he are you just... happy? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm not unhappy, but I'm not happy. Mostly, I'm just here. So sad. Yeah. But like, it's just like, yeah. Truth, like for the last year, my like my own depression and whatnot has not even been like the, you know, curled up in a ball cry kind of thing. It's just, just this like droning. <laughs> just oh yeah, I haven't gone through the motions like this in a very long time. <sighs> it's it, not since college have I been going through the motions as much as I have. Just like, yeah, wherever it takes me. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, I'm doing yeah, this just, now. Here's okay. another week. Yeah. Uh, it's like literally like the churn of the weeks just keep going by because like, nothing big, is changing. I did a big charity event like literally this past weekend that I have like had to focus on for a month. Like it wasn't my event. I took part in it, but it was still like a lot to do. And as I was, as soon as it was done, I was just like, Oh, I don't have anything. <laughs> I, I literally don't. I have another pot. I'm recording this podcast and I have like something else that is a TBD podcast recording. And I was like, I guess I should email to see about when that's going to be. And then like a convention I'm doing that's online that is in July. And I was like, cool. I have a thing in July. <laughs> Hell <Awesome."> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I mean, why else have I interviewed 39 people about Hayden Rourke and a- 
<laughs> and amassed 31 hours of interview audio. Brett right? White, uh, writing a book <sighs> for Brett White. Jesus. And Ramsey. <laughs> and Ramsey. Ramsey, this was not a diss on other people that will like this book. I oh, I know. Brett is writing the book that Brett would like to read. It's the first Brett one I ever wanted to do. Yes, that Brett would like to read become sure. obsessed with and then in a zoom have many stories to share with people oh, it's getting wild uh, you yeah you are writing the book to, to re- that you would want to reference and then somehow getting a cider article out of it uh after like finding I mean, the right angle to pitch it yeah oh i i do like i've written a lot about bad sam neill movies over the past couple of months because i will find a way and it's great yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point like he can go wherever lesko's like he can do whatever he wants I mean, ultimately, what what does he even? It just kind of he just leaves. Like, like doctor, like leaves, and mm-hmm. like um, basically, he's like, you all think I'm a mad scientist, and Miller is like, no one is judging you, and that offends him. <laughs> that offends the doctor. Yeah, that yeah. seemed like it was a joke. Yeah, but... yeah. the audience laughed. Yeah. Well, there are there is laughter, I should say. I can't <laughs> tell if it's the audience or because they're definitely sweetening it um, uh, with a laugh track, uh, and I think it's like a reference to like the religion stuff. But the doctor wasn't <laughs> part of that. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess if you really want to broaden it, he's saying like you're not on trial. Yeah, I, I read it as like, well, I mean, you yeah. like say you are a mad scientist, but who cares? Yeah, yeah, you're a mad scientist, yeah, but, makes... you're, but like we're not pressing charges because they. I should say, Wojo calls the um uh the liquor store owner and explains, "Hey, this guy, this is what's happened to this person," and they decide to drop charges, so he is free to go. Um, he basically is like he had like one brief conversation with the Amish gentleman, uh, Weber. Oh yeah, and he's like, basically, he's. Definitely not going to go work on a farm. He likes the idea, but he would. He likes the idea of having something to do because he doesn't have anything. Well, and the Amish man's like, "Well, I'll walk him back to the hospital." Like, and that's really. uh, And then when Ripner, when um, the lawyer leaves, and Barney's like, "That was you did something noble. Like you stood up for your client. You called out this bullshit." Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's like offering pro bono help and stuff. And then Arnold gets so mad, and he he says that him being called a noble person could be slander. (laughs) Yes. Good. Good button for that character. Got a classic lawyer joke in there. (laughs) It's that thing where you're like, the next time we see this character, we might hate him. Yeah. Because even this bit of humanity isn't going to necessarily carry over because that is this is not a character's redemption arc. This is just uh, layers. Yeah, you gotta uh, reset yeah. the character yep. by the end of the episode so you can totally yeah. can come back and whole. Um, and then, yeah, then we get the confrontation between the Amishman and uh, <laughs> the Amishman. I love it. Um, I'm gonna say that for the rest of my life now. Thank you, Barney Miller. Um, and Barney Miller, where Miller, like, he accepts a $20 bill from Barney's, like, it's a loan. Um, and then, like, Barney says... Basically, he like kind of apologizes for the outside. He's just like, you caught you caught society on a bad day. And then like uh, Weber is just like, basically, he's like, fuck all y'all. Stay the hell away from yep. us. Well, I don't yeah. want none of your real world society coming and fucking up my Amish gig. Um, and it is <laughs> uh, a searing indictment. <laughs> <laughs> and then the episode ends with Dietrich being like, I think you can kiss off the $20. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're not getting that $20 you're not back. That uh, so it, it's a thing where we spent the whole episode, not we, they spent the whole episode with jokes at the Amish expense. And this is to make up for it, this like kind of like line of, you know, hey, you saw our society on a bad day. So like worse of it's like, hey, you don't have to apologize. Just keep it away from us. Yeah, yeah Which, kind of a I'm not crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. He's like, hey, you think we're backwards, but like, you know, you have doctors poking holes in brains. For yeah, you got some you got some wackadoos happening yeah. here. You got you got some some nonsense happening. Yeah, at least we don't have that nonsense. And so I appreciate that. Um, and then it does need a joke because you have to end the episode. You can't end the episode like that. Um, no, this isn't the Alf Christmas episode, which again uh, I referenced it, a lot last week. Yeah, if this was if this was the nineties, they would have ooed. Yeah, it would have been a very inappropriate. Mm. But it's, the audience doesn't know what to do, so they would have gone, "Ooh, that's a good call." Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's the seventies, so they just like laugh at like the joke at the end. Yeah, there's um, only one button on the audience omatic, so yeah. <laughs> were were lobotomies a big like all the rage in the seventies? Because I mean, like I, you know, having watched uh, Ratchet on Netflix, which has a really really upsetting uh, lobotomy scene and that show is set in the late 40s early 50s mm. i think um it just this seems pl- like why why do they decide to do this episode <laughs> I, I don't the, the plot line reminded me a lot of the Mad Men run where pete campbell falls in love with the woman who yeah. ends up getting uh oh, what's it called the electric shock yeah where it's a similar sort of thing where you're it's sort of like casting reflection on like, wow, isn't this kind of barbaric that we're doing this? But the difference is this is contemporary, whereas that was like, boy, it's 60s were bad, huh? Yeah. So uh, um, I, I did a little research here. Uh, um, so basically, this obviously is they call it a lobotomy. They make it they the doctor tries to make it very clear. This is not a lobotomy. It's a different thing. Even even, the, you know, they, they say because lobotomies, uh, lobotomies were um uh, apparently looks like the 70s or the end of the 60s. Um, don't please don't quote me at that. I am no <laughs> expert. Um, although I do say uh, it does seem to be here that well into the 1980s, they were still happening. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so uh, it is, uh, yeah, about about, you know, 50 years of history of that uh, or more than that looks like. Yeah. Um, this is uh, obviously, um, to me, my take on this is they wanted to, they wanted to tell a story about mental illness, but they needed it to be something where it was weird <laughs> and not just somebody going through an episode. My guess is one because maybe they've done that already, and they need because this is again, this is season six. Yeah. This is where you have a lobotomized bank well, robber. And I want to point out that they're also the reason that I was like, oh, this of the season six episodes, this one sounds interesting is because hold on, I'm trying to find it. Uh, So Wikipedia's summary of this episode is a thief has become a virtual zombie as a result of neurosurgery. And I was like, oh, a zombie episode. (laughs) So like, we're going to do that. Oh, boy. Uh, I was like, zombie and Amish. Hell yeah. 
Oh, wait. Oh, the episode title The Desk refers to a subplot that was moved to the following episode during the rewrite process. Whoa. Oh, well, okay. then change the, the title. Who's seeing That's crazy. It? Yeah, that <laughs> next episode is called The Desk now. Jeez. Okay. I mean, they oh, called wait. it. They probably started. Yeah. Was Ron saying that I want an office a reference? Like, is that a leftover piece of that? Maybe <sighs> it I could be. I don't know. I, I think it's an ongoing thing uh, of uh, because the idea of of um, I know this that characters in the show uh, a lot of the characters kept failing uh, their uh, their uh, uh, tests to you know make sergeant or make captain. Like that was an ongoing thing. Like Wojo and even a couple other people had trouble. Hmm. get it like they were failing their exams so i think that's just an ongoing thing in the show so the uh, yeah. episode nine the next episode after this one one of the subplots is nick's old desk is removed from the squad room oh. who okay. is who is nick don't know uh don't know. Is, is he the police officer that we see for uh, well, also yeah like we talked about there there you know there were characters in the show that had left <gasps> oh no yeah nick is uh jack sue the actor that died that's okay. sort of like oh. oh that is an important oh man i wish we had done the desk <laughs> <laughs> the actual oh. desk but also i'm glad we did this episode because it was so weird yes yeah. and uh, also like uh, it wasn't racist <laughs> or homophobic which the I've, I've touched upon the homophobic episodes but yeah, yeah it was it was but like even that like barney miller was still tackling the stuff that no one else was willing to tackle and maybe they did it wrong according to today's yeah. people but at least they were trying you know it, it's that thing where you're like is it is having is it cheap to have somebody who had uh, surgery on their brain uh, that has changed them. Is it cheap to have them have the equivalent of stoner jokes? Yeah, he's uh, yeah, it's stoner mm, jokes. Yeah. Because time. if this guy was stoned the whole time, these jokes, all these jokes work. Yeah, hilarious. That. That's better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, him being like him being high is is basically the same writing. You could rewrite this and then just have like it like marijuana being a or, or, or something being a treatment yeah uh and the lawyer being like this guy's brilliant you're doping him up you could do that pretty easily yep. um and it wouldn't be a, a offensive <laughs> they really it wanted to get be, that ice pick joke though they really wanted oh, to get yeah. that on prime <laughs> really time. married to that yeah <laughs> it would be because this to me is like the only thing that saves this for me for real is we don't because they it doesn't work in the show to show this character before we only can see him as he is here and hear hmm. about what he was like, but it's still fucked up. <laughs> yes. Yep. Hooray. Are y'all ready for some, uh, must have facts about this episode? Please. Yes. Oh yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. My ASMR voice happening. <laughs> so, um, so, I don't know how many people watched this specific episode, but on average... Around 20 million people watched Barney Miller for the season. 20 million people saw this ice pick joke, most likely. <laughs> Not too uh, shabby. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, but for the week, I do know for the week that it was ranked number 32 for the week. So it was like this. It wasn't. I don't think it was like not a hit hit, although it ran for like eight years. Um, Barney Miller, like Ava Goda was the breakout character mm-hmm. from the show. But that, but that he left in season four and then came back occasionally later. This show was definitely not a hit, but someone loved it mm-hmm. in the network. And also, as we we said, this had to be a cheap show. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's no sets. Yeah, yep. I mean, if you do one episode where you go to like a funeral or you go to someone's house, but like literally, this is just like. They could have shot this with one camera and just done it live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done all of the wide. Like they could have set up two cameras and done this whole thing. And then they just did the cut to the office after they could have, they could have shot this out of order live with one camera. This is, sure. this is, so I'm looking at the uh, ratings uh, and this is just a weird, interesting coincidence. Uh, season one of Barney Miller was, uh, it was, it ranked 68th for the season. But oh, wow. it, the, it was tied with two shows. One, Ironside, which I talked about earlier. And the other one was Hot Eye Baltimore or Hot L Baltimore, which is the actual first show that had recurring gay characters on it. Oh, wow. Oh, it's Hotel okay. Baltimore, but the E has fallen off and it did not last oh. long. Oh. the Yeah. So, uh, wild. Yeah. And, and it peaked in season five with, uh, it was ranked 15th. Okay. So like it, yeah, and then after season seven, seven and eight, it's like not in the top thirty. But I mean, a legacy. Um, the top five shows of this particular week of television. Uh, number five was Angie. <laughs> I have to say it like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, four, Three's Company. Uh, the three sixty minutes. <laughs> Too many numbers. <laughs> so many numbers. Uh, two. Oh God. And one, Smokey and the Bandit. One and two are movies. Oh, God, is the Carl Reiner movie? Uh, that was on TV? Yeah, that yeah, happened? yeah. Okay. The number one movie of the week, or the number one show of the week was a playing of Smokey and the Bandit on TV. Wow. Um, this show was a part of ABC's Thursday Night lineup, which included Laverne Shirley, Benson, Barney Miller, Soap 2020. I think that's a wow. night where TV gets progressively weirder. That's a 70s lineup for also, sure. Yeah. Compared to those other shows, this is like so slow and quiet mm-hmm. and just re- like it's not real, but it is like attempting to to be like like Benson is like the Benson has jokes. Yeah. Benson has yeah. like characters and plot that matters and jokes. And this show is just like 
a small exploration of a couple people's lives. (laughs) And there are legit, like, it's not going to sound like a lot because I don't want to exaggerate, but like three second pauses between jokes that are just interminable with today's pacing. I was really surprised by that. And they're not even like zoom in facial reactions. Mm -hmm. It's just like, hold for laughs at home. Here's my joke. (laughs) (laughs) What a weird night of television. I mean, I do like personally, like this era of television is real. I mean, it's real sweaty to me. It's real. Like, I don't, I just don't connect to me. I think for me, there is a dead zone between when Bob Newhart show ends in 77, 78. And when cheers debuts in 82. Yeah. Like there's just this, like, it's just not as fun. No, well, there's yeah. there's like all of the Happy Days spinoffs, like Laverne and Charlotte, which are just silly to me. And then there's just like the really serious stuff. I just I don't know. It's um, yep. and everything's on videotape. I also just don't gravitate towards that. I I like the film. Just looks nicer, and it feels like home. Um, <laughs> on IMDb, fifty eight users rated this episode an eight point six. What do y'all say? Should that be higher or lower, or is it right on the money? I think I would go lower. <laughs> so I think people who are rating this high are comparing it to other episodes mm-hmm. of Barney Miller <laughs> because they're ranking episodes of Barney Miller on IMDb. They are not us who watch. This is our episode. So, yeah, so I- if this is television, a, yeah, uh, compared to shows of its era, this is I would rank this lower. This was like. It's not something where I was like. I can't wait to bury this show. Right. But I was like, okay, so we have to talk about mental illness. Yeah. And cops. Uh, and <laughs> Amish men. Punching down at the Amish. How hot like, how Linden like, is unexpectedly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We have to talk about it. <laughs> like, it was like, yes, the, these are the things that we're going to, we're going to talk about. Like, where's a pagoda? Like, these are things that yeah. we're going to say that about up. every show though. <laughs> yeah. Which cast members died during the run. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I would, I would even say, I can't imagine this is like a standout Barney Miller episode. I would say seven. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like the most unpleasant thing I could be watching. I, I was going to go watch like that Alf episode last week. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I didn't have that experience. <laughs> I was going to go solid five. Like this is right in the middle. Yeah. There's a lot of better stuff. There's a lot of worse stuff. But here's the thing. I'm so glad we didn't watch some of the other things that you uh, pitched us, Brad. Oh, why? Well, wait, uh, well, I pitched... You pitched the Brady Bunch, Brady the Partridge, Bunch family. Partridge family. Here's he, Lucy. Uh, here's Lucy and Barney Miller. And like my response was, uh, I'm going to look at gotta got the email out here. Uh, I'm most interested in Barney Miller, least interested in the Brady Bunch, and sort of interested in here's Lucy or the Partridge family. That's how, that's because I've seen most <laughs> of, or some of all the other ones. Like, I Brady Bunch is just a terrible television show. Yeah, I. There's just nothing. There's just yeah, it's I, just, I love it. I love to hate it. I mean, it's just so bad and good. <laughs> to me, the most interesting thing about it gets ruined by the fact that it's just about how boys and girls are different. Uh huh. And it's not about how do we make this work. This is nonsense. Right. Thank God, step by step came along to do step it. Step by right. step, yeah. By by changing it up, by changing up who was in it, uh, and and breaking the gender dynamic between it's just a melding of families because the Brady Bunch could be incredible, but it's not about that. It's about competition and like, yeah, being the middle child Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. instead of like, hey, 
what's up, stepmom? Why should I listen to you? Yeah, that never happens on Brady Bunch. No. Ramsey, how much of Lucille Ball's other shows have you seen? Because we've done I Love Lucy together only yep. once. Did we? Yeah. Because I don't. Yeah. And that, yeah. Uh, oh, and then uh, Father Knows Best? I was going to say bringing up Father, and I knew that wasn't it. Yes, yeah, Father yeah. Knows Best. Um, I have not seen that many. I know I've seen at least an episode of Here's Lucy, and then there was a variety show as well. Is that right? Yeah, I think. I mean, so like the Lucy show comes right after I Love Lucy. That's like her 60s one. Then Here's Lucy is like the early 70s one. Um, I think Nick at Night used to show the Lucy show from time to time. I saw some of those too as well, but it's been ages. They're good. I mean, like if you basically every single episode is a superstar of the era comes on for some reason, either they're playing themselves or playing someone else. Lucy does shenanigans with them. It's 23 (laughs) minutes and then it's over. Like it is... Is almost television in its purest form. <laughs> like it's just like antics. Um, but it's great because Lucille Ball is still great at that age. Um, who had the must see performance in this episode? Well, we all three say the same person. I am still thinking about the Amishman. Oh, okay. No, we're not. I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I know it wasn't the funniest performance. But it is when you have um, all these other wacky characters, it is very interesting to get laughs from just being as stoic as possible. Yeah. I'm going to give it to him. Yeah. I'm going to go with our our lawyer, Arnold. Samesies. Yeah, because I think the this I love the idea, not because it's so specific. It's not that. What did you do to this person? It's. This was a brilliant criminal, and you've ruined. You've him. ruined my friend, he's, the criminal. He calls him his friend at one point, which is also yeah, he like says he's friend. I mean, he says I would work. Uh, you know, if you if they ever touch you again, I will represent you pro bono because yeah. I am so mad at what's happened here. It's it's this character who does not want to be a good person, uh, justifying doing a good deed or having good thoughts by saying by like twisting it to be like. This was a great criminal, and you've ruined the brilliant criminal's mind. Uh, <laughs> is unbelie- is too good for this episode. <laughs> it's too cool and specific for a show that opens with two cops annoying each other. Uh, that's a that's a story move that earns that cool theme song. Yes, yeah. indeed. Um, yeah, I, I think oh, it's fantastic. So, uh, and again, I just I just looked this up. Uh, Alex Hinteloff, first of all, still alive. Come on the show, oh, Alex Hinteloff. You're 78 years old. Keeping it keeping it real. He is in Star Trek, The Voyage Home, and he plays uh, Dr. Nichols, who's the plant manager of Plexicorp. Hmm. That um, Scotty goes to to like find the, what, transparent aluminum. I'm not big on... I love that movie. I haven't seen it that often, but he still. He uses the... Uh, that, that is computer? the scene where Scotty... Uses the mouse and talks mm-hmm. open yes. his mouth and talks into it. Yeah, your computer. Yeah, and Just he's got a of- good. He's got a good little memory alpha page. Like, good yeah. for you. Good um, job. Yeah. So yeah, he's also mine. I, I I like that character a lot. I thought the performance was great. Must other people see this episode of television? Must they? Is this a good first Barney Miller episode? A thing that we can talk to from experience. So. I would say watch an episode of Barney Miller. I don't know if it's this episode, but the idea that it's basically a black box, like, 
television show um, is so interesting. Like I said, it made me miss live theater. Yeah. Um, this isn't a TV. This doesn't feel like a TV taping in a studio. It feels like they just like rent long term rented a black box and built a, a good set. Uh, and then we're just like, yeah. And then people come in and then like on Sundays, they have to move some stuff so that people can do Shakespeare uh, for free. Uh, it just feels it felt cool. And I'm like, I want to go watch like an episode from like season two, maybe when they've gotten their footing, maybe when they're yeah. ranked like uh, yeah. 40 and they're, you know, Look the for ratings. the peak Abe Vigoda Jack Sue yeah. era, like before yeah. they, you know, season the three, show. maybe because like, yeah, yeah, yeah if. If Abe Vigoda's character becomes the breakout character, it's probably in season three because by season four, he's leaving to go make his own show. Yeah. Uh, there, they're like, yeah. I, I think there's definitely, it's definitely worth watching and there are probably better episodes that Crackle is hiding from all of us. Yeah. Mm. Starting with season six for some reason. I think you can <laughs> find the first two seasons in iTunes if you want to pay like 99 cents or $1.99 per episode. Uh, I think that's good. Um, but... Yeah, uh, thanks for coming and talking about Barney Miller. Our good friend Barney Miller, who is not Barnaby Jones, which is another show that was on at this exact same time that I kept running across in my research. <laughs> Barnaby Jones, what, what, what was Barnaby Jones? I, I mean, this is like one of those things I've always heard, but I'm like, which? He's six- also not a Rockford file, which is what I was kind of thinking also. Oh, oh. I mean, oh, Buddy to... Epson. It's uh, Jethro. That's oh, yeah. That Barnaby okay. Jones is him. Yeah. I mean, if we were going to watch an episode, yeah, like the Rockford Files, like heck yeah, talking about an A and E show. Oh <laughs> yeah. boy. I uh, see. I've never. Yeah. Oh yeah. You said that you've watched a lot of seventies dramas, which is the thing that like I've seen some episodes of The White Shadow because Nick so, and I would play that, but that is it. Uh, my dad loves just. Right now, I'm currently living with my folks, and that means that I hear a lot of Rizzoli and Isles reruns oh, on Lifetime in the yeah. background, like, um, and also Blue Bloods. Uh, those are constant. And then also, I forget the name. It's like an FBI interrogator uh, show um, with a woman that's not Helen Hunt, but it, you know, it's like, it's the like closer. A t- that's that was yeah. my guess, Brett. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I think that's it. Like those shows are just on a lot. Um, so in the same way, A&E and FX were on oh. constantly in the house because, you know, that we have 100 channels, but those are the channels my dad's going to watch to watch. I watched a lot of parts of the Rockford Files, <laughs> is what I'm saying. A long way to say that. People uh, love, like, early, early quarantine, people were freaking out about Columbo. <laughs> do you, yeah, do yeah. you all remember that phase of uh, early quarantine? Yeah. Columbo <laughs> goes through a cultural renaissance every few years. Um, it was really interesting to watch because I have, I am, we've never met, but I'm mutual friends with a, with a movie writer, uh, uh, Gary Witta, um, whose claim to fame is uh, uh, that he wrote an early treatment for Rogue One. Uh, among other things that he has written for. He also wrote uh, After Earth. Uh, um, and uh, Book of Eli is probably like the actual big cool thing. Um, but he is, he was, he was trying to get um, a movie script of Columbo written. Mm. That, um, that he was pitching with uh, Mark Ruffalo as Columbo. Please. Which was his, yes. That was his big thing. Eno- and it was enough of a big thing because, you know, 
this was a couple years ago. It was a slow news week or whatever. It got hmm. picked up because like, hey, Star Wars writer wants to make Mark Ruffalo Columbo enough that like Mark Ruffalo was like, yeah, I also want that. <laughs> that, yeah. that would be great. <laughs> they both um, had to know. But there was a there in somewhere in development. There is a Columbo. Somebody is working on a Columbo. Um, but every few years, like either that article, like that yeah. those articles like resurface or uh gary doesn't art does like gary got written up for he he was doing a talk show in animal crossing right when the uh, pandemic started oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so talking. like yeah animal talking so that blew up and then as a side effect every time he blows up someone finds an article where he wants to do that and then columbo blows up again <laughs> uh or yeah or like it, or mark ruffalo like happens to say like yeah he, well you know one of my dreams is this and then also it's available stream it was also available for streaming for the first time um, yeah ever. I, should, I mean i might try a like a, a drama stretch i mean i want to do more heart to heart episodes although calling that a drama is very much a stretch <laughs> uh, yeah, that's your drama stretch <laughs> that's an action comedy yeah yeah it is but you like rockford files is a very funny weird drama hmm. well yeah i mean uh, like Matt Fraction, the comic book writer, like I think, like Hawk, his Hawkeye run is like his Rockford Files in a way. So, yeah. Um, hooray! Uh, hooray! Where can people find you all on the internet if they want to talk about sweaty videotape late seventies sitcoms about cops? <laughs> well, I do tweet about cops sometimes, but probably not, <laughs> not that in this way. <laughs> um, you can find me at twitter.com slash pat bear. That's p a t b a e r. You can also uh, that will link to all of the stuff I do on the Internet, because like everyone else, I'm on the Internet. Um, but I do uh, <sighs> I do this thing on Twitch. I don't play well, I, once a week. I play video games, but primarily I don't play video games on Twitch. Um, I do model kit building. And if it's pretty chill and I have a nice little community and I build models and people build along at home sometimes with their own things. We talk about lots of stuff. And this is a thing. So. I say this as a selling point, and you might laugh when you hear me say this is a selling point, but to a certain amount of people out there, this is incredibly important. And maybe a couple of your listeners, Brett, are going to be like, <gasps> if you are the person in your friend group that watches anime and you don't have anyone else that watches anime, every build stream I do, I spend about an hour talking about the anime I've watched uh, since my last stream. Uh, and... I constantly hear from people saying, I don't have anyone to talk to about the new shows I'm watching. I'm so happy that someone is talking yeah. about this. So I can be your anime friend out there, people. I love it. Uh, and that in the same way, I am some people's wrestling friend <laughs> and I'm some people's video game friend. Uh, Will I'm someone also some be my heart to heart friend? Yeah, I'm Aww. somebody's model kit <laughs> friend or Lego friend. Uh I can be that. That is that is a service I provide. That is what the internet should be for. That's what it used to be uh, yeah, for. Exactly. Yeah. I I don't I don't have as sweet a thing as that, but I, I love it. <laughs> uh, you can find everything I do at Ramsey ESS. Uh, I do a podcast uh, all about how I didn't listen to any music in high school, and my friend Heather and guests come on and introduce me to what they loved in high school. Uh, it's called If You're Listening, and you can find that very easily. Um, I also want to say, don't be like the Amishman. If you need to import a hay crimper, don't go all the way to New York City. John Deere makes a great hay crimper. Use hashtag must have seen for a great discount on that. <laughs> God, I wish. Get me in the pocket of 
big hay, <laughs> big tractor. Ugh. I oh oh I have a script to read. <laughs> Ooh. Yay! And that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Pat Bayer Ribs Yes for dropping by and talking about Barney Miller with me. Next time I'll be traveling across the pond for the first time uh, and discussing the Keeping Up Appearances episode. Hyacinth is alarmed. I don't know what this accent has become. <laughs> uh, Hyacinth is alarmed is in season five. It's episode three. You can stream it on BritBox or you know you can give the people the money. Buy it on Apple or uh, Prime Video or something. Until then, I want to hear from all of y'all. Follow Must Have Seen TV on Twitter and Instagram. It's not going to be popping uh, as much as it used to because, hey, I got a lot of stuff going on. I don't have any interns running social media. It's too much to do. I can't make all these gifts for every episode, but I would like <laughs> to talk to y'all there if you're there. <laughs> and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. Read the words that I write at Decider.com, including one of the articles where I... I analyzed the representation of homosexuals on this uh, very show, Barney Miller. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to y'all for listening, and I'll see you next time. I must have seen TV! Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.